0: You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: What's up, and welcome back to the Locked on Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com, and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. David, I get to use a microphone and a computer tonight. Aren't you excited?
0: Woo-woo.
1: That was a lot of excitement. I can't believe you could contain it as well as you
0: did. I've had a lot of monster today, so it's, it's pretty hard.
1: <laughs> All right, well, we got a couple of things that we need to touch on real quick, and then we're going to get to some voicemails to send you into the weekend. And, David, first thing is first, the Buccaneers have hired a what they're calling an officiating consultant. Former referee um, Larry Rose is going to basically be working with the team to help them understand the the rules of the game help with the interpretations help with things like that there are there as always there are some amendments to rules and now they're instituting this new challenge stuff and basically Bruce wants to bring somebody in that's going to help relay this information to the players and try to cut down on mistakes you know we we've talked about before and we've seen it on all or nothing and all that you know the the list that that Bruce Arians makes for players that make a mistake. And a lot of those are are penalty related and none of the players want to show up on that list. So helping guys have a better understanding of what the rules are ultimately is going to help this team play better.
0: Um, Potentially. I could see where you would draw that conclusion.
1: Well, you would. Okay. I I should rephrase. It should help the team play better because they won't make as many uh, avoidable mistakes because they will have a better understanding of what gets looked at and what gets called, allegedly, theoretically.
0: I could see where you would come to that conclusion. So here's, okay. Why you got to rain I, on my parade? Listen, I don't want to be overly negative. However, this gentleman has been retired from NFL officiating since 2013, 17? I can't remember exactly. It's been a little while. And he's since been uh, officiating for the SEC, which is not the same as the NFL. And current NFL officials don't really seem to fully understand all of the rule changes and all of the rules that are in place currently. And they're like in the system. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know if the Buccaneers are going to be able to get him some sort of access to you know, like official meetings or emails or correspondence, or I don't know, I don't know how this is going to work and, or if they're just relying on him to kind of use the network of friends that he has in the officiating business uh, from his 44 years of, of experience. Don't get me wrong, the, the guy has, I mean, if if there's a guy who's qualified, I'm sure it's probably him because most of the guys who are, are retired and uh, worth it, I guess, are probably working for a network, you know, but I, it's a really dumb thing not to not to be negative about i guess i don't i just don't see the well, point i suppose
1: well my counterpoint to your counterpoint is since yeah. he retired from the NFL his job has been training new referees so this it's not like he's really been out of work he's continued to evolve with the rules so that he can relay it and teach it to other officials
0: but isn't he hasn't he been training college officials
1: sec yeah but still you know it's it's not like he's been sitting on his couch you know eating Reese puffs and and watching teen titans on the cartoon network
0: here's the thing so i love any move that jason light (laughs) makes because i'm fully attached to jason light and i don't care what anybody says and if he gets fired you can you can all throw eggs at me for it so i i like i like the move just in that sense because i don't know what else am i going to do I just, I don't know. When I saw it, I was like, ooh, yay, cool. I mean, what's the, what's the role, though? Like, what's what's the actual role? Like, is, is he going to be in the booth and, like, help with challenges? Or is he just get there to educate during camp? Like, what's, you know what I mean? Like, what's he'll, the actual role supposed to be? He'll be there
1: for training camp practices, things like that. It says, okay, I've pulled it up on, but this is Buccaneers.com, mm-hmm. Scott Smith, friend of the show. Mm-hmm. He says, quote, in his new role, Rose will assist Buccaneer coaches and players with regard to knowledge and interpretation of rules and in-game strategy, including guidance on the practice field and assistance with replay challenge decisions on game day.
0: Okay. So he's a challenge guy is basically what he's, he's like the Rams version. He's like the Rams get back coach, except he's, he's going to be the challenge coach. So I want that job so bad. Yeah. But basically, so basically Bruce Aaron's just going to have a guy up there and be like, Hey, larry larry should we challenge or should we not challenge and then larry's gonna say yes challenge or no challenge i guess i mean yeah uh there's obviously more that goes into game management and, and all that stuff but actually i don't know do you listen to you you listen to rich eisen right uh
1: on occasion yeah when i can
0: so i caught did you catch sean i caught sean payton on rich eisen's show um and they were talking about the new pass interference rules and how it's challengeable and all this stuff and People are, are worried that it's going to increase the rate of challenges. And Sean actually thinks it's going to decrease the rate of challenges because coaches mid game. So let's say, like, second quarter, you know, you think you gained seven yards and a first down, but they spotted it at six yards and now it's fourth down. A coach is going to be less likely to challenge that because if they lose it, then they may not have that challenge. Like, basically, what he's saying is they're going to want to keep one challenge in their pocket so that if five minutes left in the game, there's a pass interference, they think that didn't get called. They have a challenge available, which I think was actually a very good point. So it actually could lead to a decrease in challenges throughout the main body of the game. Yeah. Just an interesting thing. Just an interesting thought. So I don't so I guess it's just really, I guess, it's a good idea, you know what I mean? In general, like let's have a guy whose kind of sole purpose is to look at play after play after play of replays and, and all this other stuff. Teach our guys maybe what they don't know about the about the game and the new rule changes, and then be there to kind of be a, a whisper in the ear of Coach, Arian. so Coach Arian's like, I'm willing to risk a challenge and a timeout here. Larry, All right. do you think we'll win? And Larry can say, yes, I think we'll win, or no, I don't think we'll win. And that just kind of gives him that little bit of a reassurance. Like, two heads are better in one type of situation. As long as Larry right. isn't dictating coaching decisions, he's only advising coaching decisions, I'm good with it.
1: Who do you think has a more successful Buccaneers career? Larry Rose as the challenge guy? or whoever it was that Dirk had assigned to be the clock manager in the game that he then ignored all the time.
0: Well, obviously, Larry. All right!
1: Anyway, the other move that the Buccaneers made is signing safety Orion Stewart, who most recently played for the San Antonio Commanders of the AAF, and what a gigantic disaster that turned into. Unfortunately, I really enjoyed watching some of those games, but apparently the people in charge, didn't know what they were doing, despite the fact that they had Bill Pulley in there. But that's a story for another day. Stewart also played for the New York Giants most recently in in the NFL. So, David, is this a camp body? Is this a potential 53-man roster safety depth piece? How do you see this playing out? Because in my opinion, I'm guessing this is just going to be kind of a camp body, and he won't make the initial 53-man
0: I mean, I wouldn't pencil him in to the depth chart anytime soon, but I think he's got a good a chance as anybody else. He's a he's a young guy. He's got some NFL experience. He's been exposed to NFL coaching. He did well in the AAF and 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 granted it's the AAF for a reason. There's there's plenty there's a lot of players who've actually gotten this opportunity. And I don't I think that if I'm an AAF player, I I, I look at a coach like Bruce Arians and what he's gone on record as saying as far as giving guys reps and opportunities to show that they can be that, you know, that hidden diamond in the rough so to speak, and it looks like a, a, an attractive situation to me. So I think it's a smart move by him, and if you look across the NFL landscape, it's definitely a situation where he can come in and there is a starting job to be taken with with the Buccaneers. So if he's got the talent and now he's got some experience, he like you said, he he was most recently with the Giants, but he's been on practice squads and in camp with other teams over the last couple of years, went to the AAF. I mean, I understand the aAF isn't the NFL, but he still had to beat out other players to to earn that starting position to even get on the roster so there there are guys out there, believe it or not, who tried out for the aAF and didn't make it so yeah, so I mean he, the guys got talent i mean the, there's obviously a, a level of talent there again, it, this isn't you know pick up basketball in the in the rec center so I mean, I would never i'll never I, I guess I'm just saying I would never count him out, but I'm not going to rush out and buy his jersey anytime soon either. Did you see? The I am exchange? interested to see what kind of belt he wears when he shows up to camp, though.
1: I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Did you see the exchange from yeah. between Scott Smith and Carmen?
0: Yeah, that's was that was.
1: That was. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yep. And for those that don't understand the Orion's belt thing, um, I don't know. Tweet David. Ask him. He'll explain it. He's got time.
0: You're going to get a sarcastic response.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, David, let's go ahead and knock out a couple of these voicemails that we have piled up before we send everyone into what should be a glorious weekend. Hey, James. Hey, David. It's uh, Canyon from Denver. I uh, just wanted to comment on the whole uh, trade and Cameron Bray thing. Um, I think the perfect team for it, um, obviously, would probably be the, the, the Broncos. Um, seeing as they have Jake Butt and, uh, Jeff Hiraman, who they're not too excited about. Jake Butt coming off of, uh, off of the injury from last season and, um uh, Jeff Hiraman just not meeting their expectations. I think that could be a, a very possible trade for them. Also, David, uh, I'm actually working in Larkspur right now, which is just a few miles away from Castle Rock. So, small world, man. Anyway, guys, go Bucks and, uh, have a nice day. All right, Canyon, thank you very much for the phone call. As always, great to hear from you. You know, I had never even really considered the Broncos an option, but that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, the Patriots may kind of that may have been the the easy matchup, but now they just signed former Buccaneer Austin Safarian Jenkins, which we all know he has loads of talent. He just he couldn't get his head straight in in Tampa, but has done relatively well. At least he did when he was when he was with New York. So I mean, yeah, I could say I, I would say the Broncos would actually make quite a bit of sense. Uh, he he provides a big, reliable target for Joe Flacco. You know, can can make those short to intermediate receptions that that'll get tough yards and, and gain first downs. But he can also go up the scene. That really does that makes makes a lot of sense. Now, David, my question to you is, and I, I think Canyon was kind of referring to it. Would you say that Jake Butt? stinks
0: i would it's a very funny joke it's not (laughs) it's not as good of a pun as scott made with uh with his comment
1: no but But i I do appreciate it i had to go full dad joke on that one
0: let me explain the, the problem with the broncos having jake butt and jeff hireman on their roster at the same time one of them went to a very prestigious college that is known for churning out NFL caliber talent. So that'd be Jake, Butt. the other one is Jake, Butt. and when you force a guy like Jeff Hireman to be around someone who just reeks of incompetence coming out of that program up North, uh, of course, he's not going to perform at maximum capacity because he's constantly having to lift the stink of of that university off of him to perform on the field.
1: Remind me, where where did the greatest quarterback in NFL history go to college?
0: Um, where did he sit on the bench because the school has no idea what talent is? The University of Michigan. That's where Tom Brady sat on the bench for, for four years. If that's your question. If that's your question. He didn't sit on the bench for four he years. He basically sat on the bench for four years. But
1: they could have won some national championships if Lloyd Carr could get his head out of his butt. <sighs> anyway. um i'm I'm no michigan fan other than once a year but you 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 can't hate on on the talent that michigan churns out just because they're michigan i haven't seen it you didn't watch charles woodson
0: charles woodson is pretty legit yeah so is Desmond howard um Mm -hmm. okay so getting getting back to business. Braylon Edwards went to Michigan too. Didn't uh, okay, okay, Roger. Okay. <laughs> um, so Jeff Hireman, Uh listen, Jeff Hiredman was you know he he was kind of like one of those hybrid you know blocker receiver type guys. He wasn't really the best receiver in the world coming out of Ohio State. wasn't the best blocker. He could do a little bit of both, and then he got injured very early on. And like we've talked about uh, with our conversation with Brasha Perryman, with with any player. Um, actually, uh, NFL or good morning, good morning football. Sorry. This morning was we talking about Kajana Carter. And, and, uh, I think it was, I can't remember which one it was. One of them was saying they hate when people say Kajana Carter was a bust because he's not a bust. He got injured. And I agree with him because back then an ACL was much worse than it is today. Jeff Hireman's kind of the same way. Like he, he definitely was flashing. He was definitely showing the reason the Broncos, uh, drafted him to be a tight end for them. And then he got hurt. Uh, he came back and then he got hurt again. Again, I believe. I don't know. Um basically ever since then he hasn't really been able to get back on track. Uh Jake Butt I was never really high on him anyway as an NFL tight end, not because of the school he went to, just legitimately as a tight end. So I don't know what they saw there. Cameron Bray going to Denver, that's actually that is a very good that's a very good uh uh selection. And yeah, we really have kind of been fixated on New England just because it is, you know, the easy button. Um I don't think I don't think Austin Safarian Jenkins necessarily takes them out of that conversation i think it just kind of makes them less desperate uh it's it's kind of similar to the denver broncos and, and getting joe flacco it doesn't take them completely out of the quarterback conversation it just means they have no reason to really sell the farm to trade up or even trade up at all and depending on who's still on the board when they get uh when they're on the clock in the first round they may not take one at all but yeah trading cameron break to the broncos for you know a third or a fourth round draft pick depending on what they were to offer uh, could definitely could definitely work and then looking at the talent on the board that's probably going to be on the board in in that area. It would, I think it would definitely be worth it if they take the right player and the coaches are able to get that player to be able to produce and contribute in year one, even if it's as a returner, uh, which is something that I think they could do is use that extra third round or fourth round pick to get a speedy guy like a Nicole Hardman or or something like that, you know, in the middle part of the draft who can come in, take a couple, you know, tunnel screens or or something like that, or, or take a punt and, and return it and, and contribute in that in that aspect so very good call and there's larkspur colorado yeah it's very close to cows Rock. It's actually i had a friend who lived in larkspur colorado and they were pretty well to do and i just remember that her father rented a corvette for her birthday one year and let us all drive it which was a very stupid decision but everybody lived um. Yeah, and, and we always went through it or around it on our way to Mount Hermon outside of Monument, Colorado. And if Canyon knows anything about the area, he probably knows why my friends and I were going to Mount Hermon. Party Central. I'm not going to incriminate myself any further.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, David, we got another voicemail ready to go. David. James, what up? All right, so check it out, man. I'm thinking about
0: this draft, and I'm thinking Buccaneers need to stay at five. I'm thinking, you know what? It's time to get some premium in the tank and quit trying to deal with the regular. So at number five, I'm thinking Ed Oliver. Hands down, I think he's the best force. We got to get Oliver, man. He's our guy. He's our guy. So check it out, man. You know, I know this is draft time. We got nothing but draft talk. I got to ask you something else. Are you guys interested in Game of Thrones? Is there any side chatter or anything like that with Game of Thrones? Just want to know. Just throwing it out there. All right, guys. Greco out. Peace. Very nice call from Greco. Love Greco. So, I Sorry. I am never going to come off the trade back course. So, here's the here's the thing. People pay such outrageous prices for first round draft picks that there's no reason not to trade back because even when you have a slam dunk, no way this dude is a bust number one overall pick. He might be a bust. So trading back just is, is very rarely do I see a team where I can't sit there and say, there's a good reason for you to trade back. And this year is is no different. Whether you're talking about the Buccaneers, whether you're talking about the Cardinals, we were talking about the Patriots at 32, like selling that fifth year option can, can net you a couple of really solid picks and and you don't even have to move back that far uh, in order to do it just so that a team can pick on Thursday and you have to pick on Friday. And if that team then drafts a bust, they don't even pick up that fifth year option. So the entire thing they just paid for trading up with you to get that player in a fifth year option, they didn't even get to keep. Meanwhile, hopefully you turn you you just turn that one opportunity at five years of a player into maybe two or three opportunities and three years with a player. But then if you find that franchise guy, you turn it into a 10, 15-year run with with at least one key position on your roster set for, for the entire time. So I'm, I'm always going to be a fan of trading back. Ed Oliver is not going to change my mind on that because the problem with Ed Oliver is this, Grieco, and this is the question I would ask you. How are you going to use him? And then ask five other people how they're going to use them. And at least three of you are going to give me different answers. And that means you have questions about Ed Oliver. And if you're picking top five, you need to know who you're picking. If you draft Nick Bosa, you know who Nick Bosa is, is supposed to be in the NFL. We we kind of touched on this when we talked about Noah Spence, right? Like Taking Noah Spence as a second-round draft pick, trying to turn him into something else, okay, I think it's kind of dumb. But it's a second-round draft pick. But you're not going to take a guy at number five and so, OK, let's figure out what you are, because if you're spending top five draft capital on a player, I feel like you need to know what you're getting because you need to know how he impacts your team. Because ideally, if you take a player at number five, like if you take an edge rusher at number five, you're putting a check mark in edge rusher and you don't need to pay attention to edge rusher for the rest of the draft. Because if you take a player at number five and say, OK, we got him. Let's revisit this in a couple rounds because we might need more help. Then you didn't draft the right guy. So you draft Ed Oliver, are you saying, okay, we got Ed Oliver, we're going to put him on the inside next to Vita, we're good inside, don't worry about the interior. Or are you taking Ed Oliver and saying, okay, we're going to put him on the edge, we don't need edge. Or are you going to take Ed Oliver and make him a middle linebacker like somebody suggested? You know what I mean? That's the problem. How are you going to use Ed Oliver? He's one of those guys that until you really get him in camp and see how he flows with the rest of your team and against NFL competition, you don't know what you're going to get with him. So a guy like that, no don't get me wrong, he's extremely talented. So when I say I want to trade back, if we're going after Ed Oliver, I'm not saying trade back to like pick 20, but pick eight through twelve somewhere in there. I uh, preferably outside the top ten, but I don't think he's gonna be there outside the top ten. So I think his ceiling will get him picked like no later than pick eight. So if you trade up with someone, try to stay in that eight to twelve range and you might have a shot at him. Uh that's that's just kind of my thoughts. The only player, yeah, no. Honestly, there's there's no player that like if uh, quinn and williams maybe Rashawn gary what you know that i don't i don't i'm not high on Rashawn gary and has nothing to do with the logo on his helmet from college so stop it <laughs> um as far as game of thrones well let, let's get your uh your garbage take on Ed oliver and trade it back first
1: wow all right well now that you've listened to joffrey what allow Jon snow to take the mic what good heavens uh actually no i'm in full agreement with david uh i'm i'm 99% of the time i am team trade back get more picks get more opportunities you know you have a better chance of of winning the lottery if you have more tickets than everybody else so yeah i mean i i like ed oliver a lot and if they took him at five i wouldn't be disappointed if they took quinn and williams i wouldn't be disappointed if they took devin white i wouldn't be disappointed um but i think trading back is is kind of the best idea you know for this team you know it's it's not rebuilding it's reloading well you know you can reload a lot faster if you have more opportunities to take more talent and address more needs other than that, I think I think David pretty much covered it all. And, yeah, as far as Game of Thrones, I, I, I love Game of Thrones. Love Game of Thrones. No, I started, we're,
0: we're both big fans of Game of Thrones.
1: Yeah, I started a little bit late. I think we had seasons one and two on on Blu-ray, and I binged those before season three started, whereas, David, you were real late to the game, and you kind of got to binge and catch up on everything at once, right?
0: Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't, I haven't actually watched an episode like in real time when it came out. I watched everything the last season and everything before it all at one time. I made the mistake of tweeting that I watched it on Netflix and I thought I was going to get banned from Twitter for a minute. (laughs) Um, Passionate, passionate fans, which is fine. Uh, I was definitely wrong and I have you to thank for that. Not for being wrong, but... uh, for for recommending was hbo go or whatever and yeah and i caught up on it i never had watched. i really had, i mean when it first came out my wife and i started watching it and then we saw a brother and sister kissing spoiler alert i guess i don't know um we saw a brother and sister kissing and we we're like cool not really what we are interested in watching and then they killed a little kid i mean so we thought and we we're like wow yep uh we're done we'll watch something else and we just never watched it after that and uh I travel a lot for work now, so I decided to catch up on it. My wife still doesn't watch it and hasn't watched it. But I've caught up on it, and I'm fairly certain that I'll be adding HBO to my TV package so that I can watch it with the rest of all of you wonderful, crazy people.
1: Yeah, well, and of course, the other option, if if you're one of the people that cut the cord or you don't want to pay you know, DirecTV or, or whoever your provider is for HBO, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can add HBO Go as part of your subscription, or you can just subscribe to HBO. Is it now? Maybe. Um, Yeah. HBO has kind of like their own little Netflix. There's lots of ways to watch for those of you, if you want to get caught up and, and join the hysteria with everyone else, yeah, I highly recommend it. Nothing that David just said is going to ruin the show for you, I promise.
0: No, it's not. Um, and Greco, if you're if you're angling for a Game of Thrones themed episode of Locked on Bucks, we're not going to be doing that.
1: No, we are not. But they did do that over at uh Bucks and Nuts. I don't know what it's called.
0: Just just go to Bucks Nation podcast yeah. thing and it was on there. Evan and, yes. and Derek did it.
1: Yeah, it was it was really entertaining. I disagreed with some of their assignments, but basically they went through the Game of Thrones cast and assigned characters to members of the Buccaneers. It was it was an entertaining show. I, I enjoyed it a lot, but like I said, I disagreed with some of their picks.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, I didn't listen to it.
1: So, David, who's your pick to end up on the Iron Throne?
0: Who's my pick to end up on the Iron Throne? Yeah, Uh, Khaleesi. Khaleesi. Okay. Yeah, but I feel like it's too obvious. So it's not going to
1: happen. See, I'm I'm really rooting for for Daenerys or Jon Snow, but honestly, I think when all is said and done, and all the dust settles and everything, I think Cersei ends up with the throne.
0: That what a, would not uh, make me happy?
1: What a dagger that would be, but it would be so good.
0: I would feel like I wasted all that time though. But what you could have just done this in the first season. Stop it. The only, honestly, the only way I'm going to be happy is either uh, Daenerys, Jon Snow, or Arya. Arya would be cool. Arya is my favorite. So any of those, yeah, any of those three characters, I would be like happy with. I mean, there's other characters that I could just be like, oh, okay, you know, that was cool. I think Cersei's probably the only one that I would just be angry about. I'm more interested. There's a fan conspiracy that Bran is uh the uh oh, i'm blanking on him now his name the 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 dead guy the king the dead king guy oh uh the night king the night king yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's a there's a fan conspiracy i don't know what they're called i just kind of stumbled upon it one night that brand is actually the night king and like yeah it's it's kind of weird um and that he is actually going to be the last man standing
1: I also heard, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, I think it was the McAfee one, where somebody had revealed a uh, another fan theory that they had come across, where they believed that when all was said and done, Tyrion would get the throne, because at the end of the day, he's still a Lannister. So, yeah. everything that he's done has built up to the moment that he can betray Daenerys and steal the throne. And I'm like, that would be a pretty legit twist, but I'd be
0: okay with that. I don't see it happening, but I'd be okay with that.
1: I do love Tyrion because all he does is drink and he knows things. So, but that's enough Game of
0: Thrones talk. But what Greco- if, nope, that's one. Oh, geez. What if it? What is it? I'm, I, I'm gonna see, I'm not as big of a fan as everybody else's, but what's the name of the guy that can change his faces?
1: I can't remember his name. I think he's just the, the I think he's just called the many faced man.
0: Yeah. What if it's it's gonna be him? Like it's gonna turn out that he's actually all these people. That he's like five of the characters in one.
1: That could be interesting.
0: Sorry. That's that all right. Grico.
1: But Greco, yes, we're not gonna do a Game of Thrones episode. However, David and I are discussing doing an Avengers themed episode with Endgame coming out here really soon. So we're gonna try to figure out how we're gonna attack that. But I think that would be a lot of fun. As far Kenny as Bell this, is
0: Hawkeye. Dude, what? Kenny Bell's Hawkeye. How dare you. It's perfect in theory. It's supposed to work and probably during rehearsals it worked great. But then when it actually came time to execute, dude just disappeared. Boom, Hawkeye.
1: Hawkeye is fantastic.
0: Terrible. Terrible. He's fantastic.
1: He is not the worst Avenger.
0: Hawkeye is definitely the worst Avenger. Definitely not. Who's worse?
1: As far as actual superhero fighting ability, uh, Black Widow. I love Scarlett mm,
0: Johansson.
1: I love, I love Scarlett Johansson in leather jumpsuits, but give me the guy that can hit any target from any distance versus Kung Fu super kicks.
0: She's better just because she at least brings some sort of like spy cool kind of person stuff. Uh, Hawkeye sucks. I like the actor. The character sucks.
1: Ugh, we're never going to agree on this. Anyway, yep. uh, we are out Kenny of Bell. time. Oh God. Terrible comparison. So we will not return until next Tuesday. I will be leaving Saturday morning. I am taking my son to Chicago for Star Wars Celebration and will not get home in time to record an episode with David. But I'm very excited to take this trip uh been looking forward to it since christmas this was his big his big christmas gift so he and i just the two of us father and son road trip to star wars celebration gonna be a great time so yeah we will be back next tuesday with an episode and starting next week we will have our progressive mock draft returning for this year we're going to bring on experts that cover the other team's that pick ahead of the Buccaneers, and we're going to, just like last year, we're going to dedicate an episode to to that team, figure out what they're going to do, let the expert make the pick, and continue to go until David and I will cover the Bucks pick at number five. Until then, though, make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Send us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Please do us a huge favor. We need some iTunes reviews. Uh, we, we are sorely lacking in the iTunes reviews category, and it really does help other people find us. So if you all could go to iTunes, leave your five-star review, talk about how wonderful you think I am and how David is wrong about Hawkeye, please do so. Uh, really, really appreciate that. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedonBucks, at JRcho underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore nation. Hope you all have a safe, wonderful weekend, and thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.